2: Welcome to the official Wildcat podcast presented by Briggs Auto Group and Kansas Land Tire. Now, with almost 50 combined years on the K-State Sports Network, here are your hosts, Wyatt Thompson and Stan Weber. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Weekly Podcast. Presented, as always, by BriggsAuto.com and by Kansas Land Tire. I'm voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, alongside his longtime color analyst, Stan Weber. And we'll talk a lot of Kansas State basketball today and just a little bit of K-State football. Earlier in the week was the second National Signing Day period, and Kansas State added three more names to the list for the 2020 class, which bumps it up to a total of 26 for the first real class, as I would call it, for Chris Kleiman last year was was a late start for the guys and stand under the circumstances, I thought they did a really, really nice job. But I think, you know, with a year under their belt here, they really feel good about this group of 26 guys. I guess just overall, maybe your thought about, you know, the job that K-State's coaches uh, did um, in this recruiting class following a really, really fun eight-win season.
1: Well, they do a nice job recruiting, Wyatt. They're so personable that they really can uh, – connect with kids, families, and it's easy to connect because they're doing it for the right reasons. They're really talking about these young men's future, uh, not only on the football field, but so much around what it's going to be like to live in Manhattan, Kansas during the school year and probably during the summer and what it's going to be like to go to school at K-State and so many things with the academics and the personal side as well and that they're real people, fun to be around and also going to coach them up to be the best they can be. The wins on the field obviously help, uh, but it, when you put it all together, it's a very good scenario. Uh, nowadays, recruiting has started at a much earlier time. You're probably looking over sophomores in high school very closely, really attracting the juniors to make uh, verbal commitments or get their mindset on what school they're going to go to with junior days, unofficial visits, all those kind of things. And then your senior year, you got to clean up and finalize all the recruiting, make sure you sign the people that verbally committed uh, you've got to find new diamonds in the rough, maybe seniors that turned it on that weren't highly recruited as juniors. All those things go together in a very systematic way that encompasses a lot of classes. And like you said, this year they have the full system in order, and it's fun to see. Uh, these coaches work very well together. Uh, remember, so many things in big-time football are there to create distraction and separation. Uh, so often in spring practice, you got the offense going against the defense a good play is made by the offense only half the team's happy and the other half not happy I mean you can easily get at each other's throats and in recruiting Wyatt sometimes coaching staffs get a real pride about them and they want to sign the kids that they're recruiting if you're responsible for Alaska you want to sign everybody in Alaska and make yourself look good you know you just can't have that you got to have a teamwork approach and really pick out the best players work together put the pride to the side and all those kind of things and That's not easy to do, but I think that K-State under Chris Kleiman and when you look at what they're doing on the recruiting side is just showing an unbelievable team approach, working together for what's best for the football team. And it is fun to see, but it is not to be taken for granted. I've seen it many other ways at other schools.
2: No question about that. Well said. You're listening to the Wildcat Weekly Podcast presented by BriggsAuto.com and by Kansas Land Tire. Let's turn now to K-State basketball. We've seen in the last week, Stan, going back to last Saturday in Morgantown, and then Monday night at home against the Baylor Bears, K-State played two top 15 teams uh, back-to-back. West Virginia was ranked 11th in one poll and 12th in another. And, of course, Baylor, the number one team in the country from this past Monday night. In really both games, I thought pretty typical, K-State did some good things, played fairly well, but, again, just... You know, a few segments keeping this team from getting into the win column, sitting there at 9-13 and 13, and now 2-7 and seven in conference play.
1: Yeah, a very tough part of the schedule. To, the road trip to West Virginia is the most strenuous uh, for the Big 12 teams that are in this part of the country, and that was time for K-State to do that on Saturday. And then they turn around with just a little over 48 hours. After finishing the West Virginia game, they're playing against the number one team in the country In Baylor, So a very tough stretch right there for K-State. And they did not get the job done as far as the victory column, getting another upset, a win over a ranked team, and things like that. But, Wyatt, they do show some positives, and they're kind of putting some building blocks together. And I think that's important as well. Bruce Weber would tell you right away, oh, we need a confirmation of winning as well. We're just not trying to compete out here. We want to win. So let's get the job done. And focusing in on that, they had chances. In each of those games to do that why but there have been some droughts and that's probably the weakness of this k-state team is on the offensive side and then there the the offensive moments in the game where you usually say what three to five minutes where scoring becomes a big problem and even though you get some open looks it's not about running the offense they seem to do that fine it's not dumb or bad turnovers that shut them down it's just it's hard to make a shot and even though they get some open looks and you know think about the baylor game There were plenty of open looks um, that K-State knew they could get the ball in the corner but weren't able to hit the shots for a little while. And suddenly, while you're sitting there not scoring at all for a few minutes, you play good basketball teams, and they're going to get their three to ten points and separate away from you and just make it that much harder. And K-State's not going into these games as a favorite, Wyatt. So you want to be better than the other team as much as possible. But if you cut out a three- to five-minute segment of the game, and you really don't score and you lose your way in that segment, it's going to be hard to be better by enough the rest of the game to pull off the upset. So consistency is a big thing that Bruce Weber is trying to point out right now. Let's not just play at the high level that we see sometimes. We've got to sustain that for longer periods of time, not have the shooting slumps, and then you've got a chance. And there's really no reason when you look at the Big 12. It's not the best year in the Big 12. We know that, but after you look at a a very well – filled out top part with the number one team in the country in Baylor and a top five team in Kansas. We got teams at the top that are really good. But after that, uh, West Virginia and then Texas Tech, but the rest of them after the top four, for sure, really are almost the same team. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of who catches the breaks that night, who makes winning plays. And K-State's in that mix. And right now, Wyatt, they just need to win some games to really confirm in their own mind that they are every bit as good as many and even most of the other Big 12 teams. It should be just even games, and let's get after it, kind of in a parity field conference. But you've got to win the games to get over the hump and have that confidence, and that's the next step, right? Uh, it's not going to be easy now, because when you say K-State's next game is against a team that's not ranked in the top 11 of the country, okay, that sounds better than last weekend, but you're doing it on the road at a tough place to play in Ames, Iowa. So can't take anything for granted. should be a competitive game, and you really hope K-State can have some success, win a game like that, White, if I think they can do that they get a road win remember they were so good on the road last year they get a road win maybe at Ames this Saturday I think it would take on a whole new uh, structure in their mindset and a chance for some momentum to work their way up to the middle of the conference Uh, you know this is not going to be an NCAA tournament team and those kind of things but there's a real chance to make a move in this conference and not finish near the bottom
2: yeah I think that's really really well said and this Iowa State team Right down the line, the exact same record as K-State. They're different in how they play, but both are 9-13. and 13, Both are 2-7 and seven in conference play. And I do have to ask you specifically about Tyrese Halliburton. I, I think if you're Coach Steve Prohm or you're any coach, <clears throat> pardon me, you, you want to see a, a, a guy from his first year to his second year take a pretty good jump. And how about Tyrese Halliburton, who Bruce Weber coached with the under-19 national team in Greece this summer this kid is a sophomore is now shooting and and this was an ordinary maybe a below average shooter a year ago great skills in other areas and a really good assist guy but how about these numbers 15 and a half points a game six rebounds six and a half assists shooting 50 percent from the field 42 percent from three 82 percent from the free throw line that's pretty extraordinary jump in year two for Tyrese Halliburton
1: it is. And as K-State gets ready to play Iowa State, Wyatt, you point out some uh, very important facts. I, mainly, I'm thinking, I think Bruce Weber coaching him up too well this summer because we're getting ready to play <laughs> these guys. But yeah. there, there's no player uh, who has separated himself in importance on his team more than Tyrese Halliburton is for Iowa State. Now, we talked about they're not burning up the world as far as the type of record they have and what they've done in conference. So, he's not looking at you know, the number 10 team in the country and dominating it. But for his team, the numbers that you read, not only are they very impressive as they stand alone, it is unbelievable to me that they basically just go across the line leading the whole team. Okay, you're the best three-point shooter and you're the best rebounder, but you're the best assist guy <laughs> and you have more steals than anybody else. You make yeah. more free throws than anybody else. You're the most reliable three-point shooter and the leading scorer on the team. And the only the only stat he's not the best at on the team is field goal percentage, which, as you know, 50 percent is unbelievable. Uh, it's it's excellent. It's just, you know, the center. There's going to be a guy, George Condit, inside. that shoots 59 percent. But all the stats we're talking about, best on team. So, you know where the focus is going to be for K-State. They're very good at knowing where the threats are and, and get ready defensively, why But I I don't know if there'll be ever more of a spotlight on one guy than what you're going to see here. All five K-Staters are going to know where the ball is, know where their guy is. And I think this game, they probably are all going to have another like a third eye saying, I know where Halliburton is because we cannot let him hurt us. He is, he is doing so much for Iowa state and he's a young player. Uh, It's pretty amazing to watch. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a great development. And again, Bruce, why did you do such a good job this summer? I mean, how did, how did you make him get this much more confidence and this much better?
2: Yeah, he was – the jump that he has made is extraordinary, and he's not the only guy that Bruce Weber coached this summer that unfortunately we've had to compete against this year. We remind you the Wildcat Weekly Podcast is presented by BriggsAuto.com, where they never match prices, they always beat them. BriggsAuto.com, longtime partner of K-State Athletics. And from the freeway to the field and everywhere in between, Wildcat fans trust the friendly folks at Kansas Land Tire and Service for all their tire and auto service needs. Visit thetirestore.com for the Kansas Land Tire near you. Well, I'm going to break away from Norm here a little bit, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs being the Super Bowl champions is a little bit of the breakaway from the Norm. I We saw Sunday stand an incredible performance by the by the Chiefs, and I think they won without Patrick Mahomes being at his best, which which says a lot. And then the parade on Wednesday was an extraordinary turnout. You live in that area. I'm just curious about, one, your thoughts of the game, and, two, what that uh, was like in Kansas City this week. Just unbelievable.
1: Well, it was uh, amazing when the third time the Chiefs in their three playoffs game, three for three, are down by double digits. Uh, That's hard to come back and win playoff games. When you're down like that, we know the first two and all about that. But then in the Super Bowl, even harder with, you know, in the fourth quarter, down by 10, and actually down by 10 with the Niners having the football. The odds are very low that the Chiefs could turn it around. And yet they finish with three touchdown drives and separate and win by even more than one score. Just incredible. When they hit the accelerator, uh, the offensive weapons and confidence in the way Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey can get it done. Damian Williams, who could have easily been the MVP of the game. It's just incredible to say that the chiefs played great offensive football for a half of a quarter. And it was enough to blow up 21 points, just like that, which for a lot of Super Bowl teams in history would be enough to score all game. So we, we just watched one of the most explosive high level offensive teams ever. Wyatt ever, you know, the greatest show on turf with the Rams and Kurt Warner. You can talk about that at the turn of the century, but, uh, it's amazing how good Patrick Mahomes is. And it, it is a day where he threw two interceptions, uh, fumbled a couple times, didn't lose them, fortunately. Was not sharp with his throws uh, as he normally is. And part of that is you know good defense by the Niners. But it just wasn't his day. But what was unbelievable is he went out and won the game. And really, this is not to take away. This is to add on to what Patrick Mahomes is. Because I'll look at two of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL – who would be in the argument, Wyatt, to be the greatest quarterbacks ever, Roger Staubach and John Elway. And you were around Denver a lot when John Elway was there. And I grew up as a Roger Staubach fan. I'm telling you, they won all kinds of games, deserve all the credit in the world for their ability to play awesome football, win games in the fourth quarter, two-minute drills, when all the pressures on the team to come back and win. And they kept doing it and, and adding to their lore. Well, you know what? What we don't talk about enough is they weren't necessarily on their game for three quarters or three and a half quarters. They had the ability to dig out of the quicksand and say, I know I haven't played the greatest game in the world today, but we're down by four. Let's go win the game. And we gave them credit for being the greatest ever because they were reliable and able to do that. Well, that's what Patrick Mahomes just did. We don't need to we don't need to focus on what he didn't do, even though it's such a surprise, right? He hasn't had a bad game as a pro yet. It's amazing to me why he has not had a bad game as a pro. And this one might've been as poor as we got. And all he did was match Staubach and Oway at their best moments. Because, you know, you watch John Elway enough to know he didn't play perfect for three quarters often. Then all of a sudden, ah, what the heck? I'm going to play great for the next quarter and go win the game. And then all we remember is, you know, patting him on the back. So, It was an amazing job by Patrick Mahomes uh, replicating what great quarterbacks in history have done. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. And I'll, I'll say this, Wyatt. I think the Chiefs are going to be the favorite to win each of the next five Super Bowls. No matter what the salary cap stuff happens and the turnover of the roster, if Andy Reid's still there and Patrick Mahomes is healthy, the Chiefs may not win the Super Bowl and may not even go to that many in the next five years. But they're going to be the favorite to start every year. So we are in a new era around here and how it affects Kansas City and the, the celebration. It was cold, it was supposed to be snowing and, and even worse in the commute for the parade, but why it didn't snow very much at all. And the people showed up, they had a great time. The streets of downtown Kansas City were filled with joy and enthusiasm and a lot of coats and uh, trying to stay warm. But uh, it, it is the talk of the town, I think probably the region. This is a regional franchise. I grew up in Wichita, and we felt like we were living in Kansas City. And I'm sure people in Manhattan feel that way, and Columbia, Missouri, and maybe Mm -hmm. even in Nebraska and Iowa. Uh, Oklahoma has a Dallas Cowboy contingent, but you know what? There are a lot of people in Arkansas and Oklahoma who love the Chiefs as well. So this is a, a regional thing that has taken everybody by storm. It's the talk at the water cooler and everything else, Wyatt and it, it's been an interesting phenomenon because we're into February right now, and there hasn't been a lot of talk about college basketball. Even in a Kansas City area where KU has a big following, you don't hear KU basketball discussed that much. I mean, it is still game-on-all football, and I don't know with the parade if that might be the ending, and now we're getting ready for basketball on March Madness, but I wonder about that, why the enthusiasm so high no one wants to quit talking about it, and people who don't That's even care right. about sports – <laughs> are talking a ton about it. So I, the one thing that I loved about it, why it is, well, two, two things that I love about it, uh, different than some of the normal stuff, is the enthusiasm for sports, something that you and I get to relish in and have so much fun, and we know how awesome it is to in, in so many ways, you know, from A to Z. So many people really opened their minds up who didn't really have time to care about sports and now are all in. So I just say welcome I mean we hope you have as much fun as we do you're not you know there's so many people that are talking about sports and football and the chiefs now it's awesome okay because this is kind of our area that we're we we know better and it's fun to grow the group and the other thing why it is there's no greater sport than football for young men you know sixth grade seventh grade ninth grade whatever age you think they're big and strong enough to go out and play football. I'm not an advocate of tackle football at young ages at all. Uh, but at the point where the, the kids are strong enough to hold their neck up and have a helmet on and and, and play football, the enthusiasm of the kids telling their parents, I want to play football. And the, the, the parents saying, wow, isn't this awesome? I want my kids to be involved in activities like this. I think it's great because we had an overreaction, a, a, so much negativity trying to talk about head injuries or whatever and make football seem like it's a bad thing and it's not it's a great learning ground if you are little big fast slow there's room for everybody on the team and everybody's needed and even if you're not even that great at it if the coaches handle themselves well and don't put you in 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 dumb physical positions like they don't do that anymore like lay on the ground and jump up and smash into a guy double your size We don't do that anymore. The coaches Mm -hmm. are coaching so much better at the youth level. I'm telling you, to read the articles and hear the enthusiasm of people going, my kids want to play football. Uh, That's awesome, Wyatt, because it is a great experience, not only for, hey, K-State players that sign scholarships. It's not about that, Wyatt. That's one in a 1,000 that get that great opportunity. I'm talking about the kids that just get to participate in high school, be on the team, play once in a while, or maybe even play a lot. It is so cool to have that experience and to hear the enthusiasm bubbling up around here. No negative talk, positive talk about, man, isn't it great to be a part of a football team? That's a little bit of a tangent over there that I'm excited to see as well.
2: Yeah, you you said a lot there. And I, uh, we again salute the Chiefs on an amazing run and uh, a great victory in Super Bowl 54. And as we close, we remind you. We're in Ames, Iowa on Saturday night. It is the latest game of the games on Saturday to be played in the Big 12 Conference at 7 o'clock. We'll hit the air at 6 with the pregame show on the K-State Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. And a quick reminder, too, K-State is back home on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who will play at Baylor this weekend. That'll wrap up our program for this week. Our Wildcat Weekly Podcast is presented by BriggsAuto.com and by Kansas Land Tire. For Stan Weber, I'm Wyatt Thompson. Thanks so much for listening, and go Cats! This has been the official Wildcat Podcast, presented by Briggs Auto Group and Kansas Land Tire. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation.